Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Bikini and the Brain podcast. As always, I'm the Bikini, and my to my right is Ashley Cotwalser, the Brain. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, it is. We are at Valentine's. We are in Valentine's Day mode. Ashley's got the pink shoes. She for usually she's the one telling me to wear what and dressing me up, and then she dropped I the bottle. Opportunity. I could have been so obnoxiously pink. yeah it could have been super pink today i will admit i didn't think of this this is a, a, a kimber shirt for I me love she that. Got it. yeah it's cool she gave me another one she gave me two options for the podcast and one's yoda on a pink shirt and it says yoda best <laughs> <laughs> which is a kind of my humor <laughs> so uh, we have a we have a podcast topic for today we sure do have <laughs> one of those things they call podcast i was gonna say topic. a great one but then you know i i was actually surprised though i thought we were just gonna spend this whole hour just staring at each other like yeah. you know it, that was a, a topic. that was episode 53 that was a weird one yeah, <laughs> yeah everyone's gonna go back and look. that was a 53 um so we are talking about going pro yes because you know what a lot of people they want to do that they want to turn pro and especially as the the season is starting up i think that's i guess I would say 95% of amateurs' goals is to yeah. turn pro, but there's a lot that goes in between uh, being an amateur and, and a pro, so that's what we're going to get into today. Yeah, I like it, setting up expectations. I think also, you know, going into just, you know, timeline expectations, what to expect, what to expect the what's differences. The, yeah, differences and whatnot. So, yeah, this is going to be a fun one, and actually, it's probably one of our most asked questions. I don't think, it's never a direct question. But it's always like when along the way, people ask these questions like clients. Well, is it different on the east? Is it different in the here? Is it different there? Is it this, that? You know, so it's it's a fun one to go into and hopefully give you guys some insight in what it's going to take. So, mm -hmm. absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so annoying. Adam, why are you so mean today? I just <laughs> said absolutely. I barely said anything. <laughs> her little voice. Okay. Little voice. I'm the annoying one, but you're like giggling like a little schoolgirl. We're to, no, we can We're to Arnold's fight. We're to Arnold's fight. <laughs> You're freaking, every, every other word is just a laugh. And I just said, absolutely. And I'm so annoying. What's wrong with you? So mean. I'll be picking on Ashley today. So mean. I'm going to tell your mom. You should. That you're being mean to I, me. You, don't tell her. I know. I, I, I don't think I follow will, her on Facebook. I'm going to find her on Facebook. You follow, I think you guys follow each other. She follows you. I, she, she'll actually, that'll be the worst thing. She'll actually get mad at me. That's <laughs> what like, I want. Stop speaking out, Ashley. That's you what did, I want. She didn't do I hope anything. She to listens you. to this. I hope she listens. She watches. <laughs> she does. All right. Meanie. I okay. know. <laughs> okay. That anyway. escalated quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You can't pick on it. See, Ashley, you pick on Ashley. That's what happens. He's on one today. So, you know, <laughs> someone, someone. Someone got him in a bad mood today. <laughs> maybe it was the dog pooping everywhere. Dude, maybe. the dog's terrible. She poops everywhere. <laughs> I've been on the fence of giving her away like three times and back oh. and forth. I know it's so sad too. The poop would put me in a bad mood too. Yeah, it's poop a bad. It is. <laughs> okay, well. Anyway, <laughs> let's go into first off. What are the differences between like an amateur competition and pro? Because I think there's like a lot of confusion. Like for example, I know I've heard from some amateur competitors like they'll say like oh I, I don't want to do this one show that you're doing because you're you're you know you're gonna be hard to beat and it's like they're an amateur but they don't realize a pro am show it means like we're not going to be on the same stage so I think let's get that um cleared away first and foremost for you know you people out there that are very new to this sport and maybe don't realize um pros and amateurs don't go on the same uh well they go on the same stage clearly, but not at the same time. So there's a clear distinction, like 
between the amateurs and pros. So if you are reluctant into entering a pro-am competition, thinking you're going to go against some seasoned pros, that is not going to happen. Yeah. You know what's funny? I didn't realize that was a yeah a real debate and yeah. so yeah it's weird but it'll come up once in a while and i just kind of brush it off like oh no like yeah, yeah i just kind of brush it off like no why would you think like just that but i don't really think about it but so many amateurs think this and robin yeah. said the same thing mm-hmm. i did that interview with her the other day and she was like yeah you're not going i was like it's weird that you need to clarify like i kind of thought in my head it's weird that you need to clarify that like, why would you need to but i guess it's yeah. a real a real thing but one of the things that we don't talk about is especially with especially with this topic you wanting to go pro, that is an awesome show for you to do. You know, a pro-am show is really great for you to do because you're going to be in front of pro judges, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, so. And you get to see what actual pros look like, you know, because you see pictures, you see videos, but you might even stand uh, backstage with them pumping up, you know. Um, so although you're not going to be on at the same time, sometimes you'll see him backstage and you kind of be like, oh man, that's what I got to do. Okay. That's what the standard is for, for a pro bikini competitor. So it is nice to kind of, you know, get that. And I think it's extra motivation and extra exciting to be part of that. Cause I think, you know, I think it's, it's so sweet when amateurs come up to me and, you know, they say like, Oh my gosh, I've been following you. I listen to your podcast. Everyone always says, I listen to your podcast. Um, so it's it's kind of cool to meet the amateurs too. So I I love those program shows. It's an experience for me too. Yeah, I think if you're an amateur wanting to go pro, I, I and you're you're let's say you have to qualify, I would probably like what did I say suit out, sought out, sought out, sought out, look for. I would say look for a pro am show. Yeah, I would look for a pro am show for both the reasons that you say. And one of the things that we'll run into all the time at the pro am shows too is when someone sees you or sees one of these pros that they look up to, they'll they kind of look at them on online and they'll look at their pictures and like, gosh, she's so jacked. I'll never be that jacked. Like they're so big, this and that. And then they finally get next to them. And this could be anyone, not just like Ashley. And they're like, oh, they're not like, <laughs> yes. they're not like as jacked as yeah. I thought. Like I'm not that far away. It's that a big eye opener. So yeah. true. That's what I always hear. They always think I'm taller and they think I'm more jacked. And then they'll be like, oh, she's tiny in person. Yeah. Like that is a, such a common thing. No one I, I can guarantee you no one's ever said, oh, you're bigger in person than I thought. They all say, yeah. oh, you're smaller in person than I thought, <laughs> you know? So I'm five foot five inches, but a lot of people think I'm like five foot 10 and I get it because of the heel, they're clear and it looks like we're taller, but no, I'm five, five, I'm average. So yeah, I'll say that's probably the most common thing. And it's not just, it's not just, it's, it's every pro there's, it's very rare. I don't even know if I've ever heard she's so much bigger yeah. in person, you yeah. know? So, so that's nice too. When you get to that, when you're, when you're at a pro show, you really see, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where my holes are. I don't need to put on 15 pounds of muscle. I need to put on like five, four, and then I just need to be tighter and you know, whatnot. So, mm-hmm. so that's a good thing. But the good thing is really is, is you're going into these pro-am shows and you're getting in front of the the judges that are going to be judging the national shows you know tyler sandy Tarek tamer they're all going to be there and you can get real feedback from them and you know sometimes people are like you want to get in front of them so they remember you i don't think they're going to really remember you honestly when they go to these big shows yeah and it doesn't matter if they did your body's going to do the talking for you so that's one thing i think is a myth we got to throw out there right away if they remember you great if they don't it's not going to change anything i've had Many pro cards, the very first time they got in front of uh, Tyler or Sandy or whatever. Um, Anya would be a good example of that. She got her first time in front of a national stage in front of Tyler and Sandy. So they didn't know her. They're just like, yeah, she's great. So that's it. So just so you don't have to do it. Don't think that's something you have to do to go pro. It's something a lot of coaches will say, oh, you got to get in front of them. They got to get to know you. They got to do this. And your body does the talking. Yeah. You, you know, a lot of times the girls who get a pro card, uh, it's their first national show. 
They have no idea who their coach is. Um, you know, just like when you won the Olympia, it was like, you're kind of, that was kind of your thing. You were kind of the girl that was kind of the new girl and it wasn't was like an underdog. No one knew who I was. Yeah. It was, you know, you're doing good, but yeah. it wasn't like you were the front runner. Right. Means, like, exactly. No so yeah, it's just, it, your body's always going to do the talking. And, mm-hmm. um, so don't, don't, that's a good thing to think about too. Cause if you're, let's say someone who's tied on budget and your coach is like, you got to get in front of Sandy, you got to get in front of Tyler. Um, you don't really have to, you know, yeah. you, you know, save your money and compete locally and just get to the nationals if you have to. So that, but the only thing is they will give you the best feedback. Yeah, so I sure. will say that. So if you're looking for the most accurate, like precise feedback, who better to get it than some of the top uh, pro level judges. So, yeah. you know, that is a benefit, but you're right. I think a lot of people hear that from their coach and without knowing they'll think, Oh, I got to do that one. Cause they're going to remember. And they judge so many athletes and it's, it's actually good that they don't <laughs> remember. Right. Everyone's a, a blank slate on show day. Everyone's a number, unfortunately. So, um, well, fortunately, but also unfortunately, cause it sounds bad, but yes, you are a number <laughs> yeah. and that's the way it should be. They don't care, uh, what show you've done previously. They don't care if you won your show last week. They don't care if they probably don't even remember. <laughs> yeah. um, they don't care if you got last place last week. Uh, they don't care how many followers you have on Instagram. They don't care who your coach is. You are a number on stage that day, and that's the way it should be. Now, when it gets to pro level, like, and if it's like at the Olympia, they do know people by names just because they judge them a lot. So sometimes you'll hear them say, okay, Ashley switched with so-and-so. Uh, but, um, you know, that's like more of a pro thing. But if we're talking about amateurs, yes, you are a number on show day. Yep. There you go. So you got to yeah. make sure to show that number. Don't yeah. hide that number yeah, yeah. on your hip. Exactly. Rookie mistake. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. And then now it's at least that they, they changed it where you can now put your posing number on the front hip, however you are. If Even if you're a right hip, front face, or you can put it on your right hip, left hip, front face, or put it on your left hip. Uh, a few years ago, that was a thing where they didn't allow it. But now they're just like, whatever, whatever you makes us see it better. That so. makes the most sense, you know? Yeah. Because that sucks for the girls that are right hip posers. And then, like, it feels so weird to, like, shift your body that way. Um, But, yeah, that was a good adjustment. So um, let's talk a little bit about the posing and the style and how it's different from amateurs to pros because there is quite a difference, okay? I see this all the time. Amateurs will... uh, you know, submit their, their posing routine. Some of my clients too did this as well. Like, and it's a pro level routine and I know it because, um, it's with a bunch of walking, walking to the back, walking to the front and just way too long for an amateur. So as an amateur, you got to be so, um, good at 20, what is it? 20 seconds usually is the, yeah, I would say right about that. Yeah. 20 second routine. Okay. And sometimes they will put a, like a, a strict, like 20 seconds, next, next. Sometimes they'll let you go longer if it's a smaller show or whatever. But be prepared to pose only for that amount of time. And we've heard it so many times from the judges, you don't need all this extra movement, okay? They want to see the basics. And the more time you're on stage, the more they can pick apart your flaws. And if you've already done like a pose, you don't need to hit that pose five different times in five different ways, you know what I mean? Stick with the poses that are the best on you. You just need a front, transition to the back, back, transition to the front, um, front pose, and then curtsy off and exit. You know, I think a lot of these amateurs try to add in all this extra fluff and flair and do a little dance and it takes so long, but it's not necessary for an amateur. And it's honestly not even necessary for a pro, but more so with the amateurs. You got to be quick. In and out. Yeah. Yes. Generally the rule of thumb that I'll tell everyone is, you know, get, walk to your box, right? Walk to the box. However long that takes, that takes, you know, it shouldn't be obviously it's normal, normal pace. 
then three seconds in the front pose, two seconds in the transition, three seconds in the back pose, two seconds in the transition, and then two seconds on your last pose, curtsy and off. So however long that ends up being, mm -hmm. which is around 20 seconds, is, is kind of a good rule of thumb. So um, there's a lot of people do will do the counts when they're there. So when you hit your pose and you think in your head, one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000 transition, um, Tori does it as like a picture. She's like, I wait till I'm set up. And then I say to my head, okay, picture. And then I wait, transition, get to my back pose. And then I say picture. And like, so she can know that she's, you're still hitting about the same time. So that's just a, a good rule of thumb too. If you're taking too long in those poses, um, the judges are noticing just so you yes. guys know, like they don't want to just wait for you to pose. So, yeah, it's really not a benefit to just keep doing the same pose over and over again too. It's like, how many, how many front poses can you come up with? You know, yeah. cause it's, it's really, you know, and especially if you do find yourself that they're rushing everyone and let's say your routine is naturally a little bit longer, then you're going to look rushed when you're, you're posing. So you don't want that. You just want the basics. Don't overthink it. Don't do the same posing routine you see your favorite pro do. You know, they're walking back, they're walking front. That's not necessarily, that's not necessary in an amateur competition and not desired either. Yeah. And one thing, and this will go out to the pros too, but Sandy at these posing workshops that we go to and whatnot has always said, the longer your posing routine is, the more likely I am to see your flaws. Mm -hmm. So she says, you know, when you first come out, I'm looking at you and I'm like, wow, she looks great and this and that. And then that wears off after a few seconds. And then she's looking for issues and things that aren't balanced. And, whatnot. and the longer you give her to do that, the more she's going to be able to analyze it and find it. So for pros and for amateurs, it's not in your benefit of taking too long in that routine. So mm -hmm. absolutely. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the, the physique itself, the yeah. conditioning level, the amount of muscle needed. Now I, I actually watched your interview with Robin last week and um, she explained like, you know, Ideally, the, the standard should be the same for NPC to IFBB pro. Um, but just know that obviously to get to pro and the pro physiques, they're going to be much uh, better usually yeah. uh, just because, I mean, obviously the the uh, difficulty level is much harder. You know, um, it it's you're going to see much more um, developed physiques, I guess, more condition just because the talent level itself is higher at the the pro level you know yeah and it's and that's the thing too so it's it's a hard one this is a hard one because at a national level you'll see some girls win national shows and national competitions that are like more jacked than you'll generally see even sometimes in the pro level like it just it happens one off but it's just because the pool of people that were there and available to pick from she was the best physique that day and you don't see it happen as much at a pro level because the the standard is more a greatly met, I guess I'd yes. say. You know, it, at the national level, you'll have, let's say, 30 girls in a class. One of them, she might be a little too muscular, but she's still better than the other 29, right, type of thing. And then she wins, and then she gets to the pro level, and she's too muscular for the pro level because 29 out of the 30, besides that girl, are at the right level of muscle type of thing. So that's, you get some weird, you, you, it does happen. You have some weird things happen. The lower the level, the more weird things are going to happen also yeah. too. So that's where you see, you know, I've had, I've had some really weird ones and people, this is where you get in those like, oh, there's politics because Adam's a coach, right? That type of thing. Cause I've had a guy win men's physique and bodybuilding overall in the same day. Right. But it's like, and everyone's like, how is that possible at the low level? And I'm like, well, at a low level, there was no one else there. That's how it happened. You know, there was no one good enough there. And he was actually like pro level men's physique, which is pretty jacked. And for a local level, a pro level men's physique guy can pretty much do bodybuilding at, a, yeah. at an NPC level. Right. So 
that's how that happens, right? And so you have that happen with like wellness and you have that happen too. It doesn't happen as much at nationals. And I think there should be more of a deciding factor in those divisions at the upper level. But again, depends on who shows up, mm -hmm. right? So, but at the pro level, you're not going to run into that as much. So if you're getting confused by this, it is confusing. Bikini is confusing, period, you know? Um, you know, it's funny when, when, when coaches ask me, they're like, how do you like figure out bikini? Cause everyone always struggles with bikini, especially bodybuilders when they become bikini coaches. It's like, how do you figure out bikini? I always say, the first problem is you're trying to figure out bikini. Yes. <laughs> that's your first problem. <laughs> Second problem is, so it's, that's, that's the thing about it. So it's, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, but yeah, your conditioning. Um, I guess let's go into the conditioning levels, um, first, like what you're obviously getting ready for the Arnold, mm -hmm. the levels of conditioning are, are, you know. There's not a huge variance. There was not, you know, what? one thing I noticed is the variance of conditioning of a few years ago and now is a little closer. I would say it's a little closer. Everyone's a little lean. Like you're not seeing the really soft girls win as much anymore. You're seeing it's just a little bit harder for those really soft girls and girls like you who have to be hard kind of stayed the same way. Oh, you're talking about at the pro level? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. At girls like you've been the same level of conditioning, but you've been very tight since 2018. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, so I think here's the thing. Just like with the amateurs, pros too, the talent pool gets deeper every year. It's tougher and tougher. It's never going to be easier and easier. It's only going to get harder. So that means that I need to make sure I check in all my boxes, right? And I'll use this as an example. Like, you know, when I was winning the Olympia back in the day, um, I didn't have any shoulders really, but I could get away with it because everything else was, you know, good. For, for the time anyway. But nowadays, you can't have any lagging body part, really. You can't have uh, any uh, conditioning issues either, you know? You have to be on point 100% all the time, you know? And that's why I need to get... that. I get extra paranoid, you know? Like, I need to get my conditioning down and make sure everything is perfect. I got to check all my boxes. Whereas, you know, in previous years when the talent pool wasn't as deep, I could get away with not really having good shoulders. I could get away with being softer if I wanted to, but now it's like everything needs to be on point. And that also trickles down to the NPC as well, you yeah. know, but you know, with the NPC too, it's like, just like you were kind of talking about too, is like some of these shows, if, if they're like a local NPC show, you're gonna be like, I don't get why this girl won. But then again, look who was competing there. Sometimes you'll find a small show and you'll be like, I don't know how that girl won. And then you see everyone else and it's like, oh, okay, well, that girl was, you know, she, she was way too soft. That girl looks more like figure. This was the best choice on that day. So you might see photos of, of somebody winning and be like, why, how, how did this happen? But it's like one of those things you kind of had to be there to see it yeah. and to know the, the reasoning why. So sometimes even just the posing too, you know, yes. it could just be the girl's a crazy good poser yeah. and just, you know, that is a judged criteria. Oh, you know, there's like all these criteria that people don't on, on pictures. All people do is they look at physique, yes. you know, and that's the hard thing about bikini too, is you only look at physique, but it's not just, it's not bodybuilding. It's not a bodybuilding contest. It is a bikini fitness model bodybuilding contest, right? It's all of those. So, you know, even things like your hair, your nails, your complexion, your makeup, your beauty flow, your proportions, your stage presence, all of that before the physique is even taken into account, mm -hmm. you know? So like, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And you only see a picture and you're like, her, that girl's shoulders aren't that great or yeah. that girl's too developed. Well, yeah, but she killed it on her posing routine. Like exactly. couldn't take your eyes off of her on a posing exactly. routine. Exactly. Right? So, or the same thing with their comparisons too. Like you don't see every moment that's going on. Like let's say a girl looked so good, but like let's say on the transition, she was just like letting her stomach go and just like 
looked really bloated when she yeah. was transitioning. But you don't see that in the photos because she's only posting like her front pose and her back pose. But there's a lot of, of um, you know, time on stage that you didn't see happen. So it could be something like that. Yeah, I've had it happen to me a few times too with athletes where I was like, how does she, how does she not even do well, right? And then when you see her in her pictures and her check-in pictures, you're looking at her pictures and she looks great. She's got tie-ins. She looks good. But then you realize when she's in her back pose and she's hitting that back pose, everything looks great. But then when she gets walked, you could see there's still a lot of like exactly. more muscle that needs to be there. It's kind of a little soft on the glutes, right? And then you're like, oh, in pictures, yeah, she should have won. But when they walked her, it was obvious she was the like probably the least developed out of the winners of that class type of thing. Yes. So like, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of those things that happen that really make it confusing when you're trying to work your way up. Um, but at the pro level, and this is something that, you know, we've learned too, like you got to be a hundred percent at every show. Like mm -hmm. there's no such thing as a small show. I love it when people are like, oh yeah, she does small shows, just the Pittsburgh Arnold Olympia, right? <laughs> In New York, the, oh whatever it's God. like, you know, because she does like a Nevada state show or something, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> she's from Nevada. Of course she's going to do it. So yeah. it's like, but like, oh, it was a small, like, dude, there's four Olympians there. Who cares what yeah. the, the title of the show yeah. is? Yeah, if know? there's like 12 pros, like, you know, and, and four of them was from the Olympia, it's like, do you versus like a bigger show with not as many it's like people try to rationalize i yeah. swear but what he's trying to say is there is no easy show as a pro that is for sure it, i can assure you that man and it's it's only gotten it's only gotten harder it's you know? only going to get harder and it's harder crazy and harder. yeah in like 2018 we might have ran into a couple small shows here and there there might have been one that was like oh there was no no you know no no olympians there now there's like what is there 57 olympians going to be competing this year or yeah. something you know like we're not going to not run into three at a show you know what i mean so it's just it's just gotten crazier and crazier and it was you know what's really different about these days at the pro level that it wasn't a factor really before is there's all these unknowns there yes. used to not be any unknowns it'd be like oh that girl's good she's won three shows like she's won miss usa she won whatever you still have those girls but then you have all these like european girls oh she won with a perfect score over in russia yeah i like, have no idea who she is yeah. but she's won three pro shows apparently in the east yeah. in, in overseas if she comes over we don't know who she is there's no media coverage on it and you're like, who's, who is this? You know, like yeah. there's just these surprises just come out of anywhere. Yeah. There's, like, there's no like time to just be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to roll into this show. <laughs> just, yeah, that's not, never the case. No <laughs> matter how big or small the show is, I'm never just like, oh yeah, this is uh, it's going to be easy. And it's never easy. Yeah. Never, ever easy. So, and, and the same thing goes, so if you're going to national level, the same thing applies, you know, um, you know, you might be, oh, yeah. you might be killing it at your local shows and killing it in your local NPC, but then you know, it just, if you go to USA's or nationals, it just takes two girls to ruin your day. You know, take yes. two girls from the middle of nowhere, you know, who no one's ever seen. They've done one NPC show. I mean, I've, I've seen it happen a couple of times where I was like, how do you even exist? Like I was like backstage and I saw this girl and I was like, how, like, who, who are you? Like, how does yeah. no one know who you are? Like so clearly the winner, right? Clearly the winner. Oh, I just started competing like six months ago and I'd done two shows and yeah, I did really good. So I just got to just try at nationals and like just naturally that girl, like just barely preps for it type of thing, but looks awesome. And you're like, how, how are you, how are you not like famous? Like, how are you not at the Olympics? And they go and they win the overall and they're like, yeah, I just work out with my local trainer at my gym. Like they don't really prep. So I'm like, you know, so. But that's a very a rare, a rare, rare thing because I was going to get into expectations. Please don't think that's yeah. the norm. Oh, no. That is, that is a um, I think one in a million kind one, of thing. One in a million. <laughs> I'll see it happen maybe one time a year where something like that's crazy. And I'll be sitting next to like, it's funny because I'll sit. I remember one time I was sitting next to Shane. 
and we're in the front row and like she this girl walked out we both had no idea who she was and we're like well there's your overall winner <laughs> i was like you got any girls in this class he's like yeah i got one like, well we're shooting for second place i got one too you know, it was like so obvious so it happens like once a year here's the problem that we run into and this is good for expectations and setup i'm glad that you brought that up because people will follow that girl or they'll follow some podcast that talks about girls eating oh you better be on 2500 calories like 12 weeks out or they'll follow this girl who's eating 3,000 calories. And I do that too. I'm guilty of this too. I, I'll talk about some of these higher calorie girls I have, Elizabeth, whatnot. And like, and people are like, oh yeah, prep's not going to be that hard. I get to eat 3,000 calories. This girl only preps for six weeks. She looks like that. Super, super rare, like super rare. So your expectations should be, um, you know, it's going to take a lot to get you to that level of conditioning. Um, you know, there's a lot of unfortunately wrong information out there from, What's, what's unfortunate is it's from some credible sources too. You'll have like nutrition experts and people who have a really good following with nutrition and they don't prep anyone on bikini stages, but then they're like, oh yeah, you should be eating 2,500 calories or, or you got a bad coach at like 12 weeks out. And I'm like, I don't know very many girls that prep that eat 2,500 calories in the off season that are 120 pounds and not, and doesn't, and doesn't gain weight. You know, it's, it's probably, I would say 50%, it's probably somewhere in the 50% marker get to like 2,500 or over in the off season and aren't gaining significant weight, you know? I hate how that's like a bragging right, kind of. Yeah. Like, it's like, cool, so You're, if you get your girls eating that much and then they have to do two hours of cardio, then, I mean, pick your poison, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, I would rather do minimal cardio and have uh, not as many calories. I'm not a big foodie like that, but, like... I hate how that's like a bragging it, right. It's not... That's not necessarily the goal. What that says to me is large grocery bill, <laughs> bloated stomach. Yeah. That's was, what it says to me. Most of the girls who get over 3000 calories hate eating 3000 calories yeah. after, after they're there. Those markers are kind of cool. When they hit like the 3000 marker, they hit the 4000 marker. They're like, Oh cool. I can't believe I'm eating this much. Right. And then like three weeks later, they're, they're like, this is boring. Okay. Right. I'm, I can't, I can't now. eat any more food. Like this yeah. is terrible. Like I can't eat more food. So, but the thing is, if that's your expectation and if you're listening to, you know, unfortunately the wrong, I guess, unqualified people. I'll say that the problem is they're really qualified because I've seen, I saw a video that got sent to me the other day and this girl called in and she's like, yeah, I just want to see if my prep was, um, if, if my coach is doing the right thing for my prep. And then the guy before even asking any information about her height, her weight, her experience, her previous dieting history, anything hormonal, whatever, right? All these factors, if she's coming out of a prep, whatever, right? He's like, well, you're 12. He's like, well, before we even ask, you better be at over 2,500 calories. You're 12 weeks out. And I'm like, what if she's a hundred pounds and is needs to lose 20 pounds and is doing this prep, like only because she wants to do the prep. And the coach even said, Hey, you should probably wait until you're a little leaner before we start this prep. Like you have no idea what, but, but that's like the information comes in as pure and, and necessary. And as, as like, as fact. And I'm like, there's no one, there's like, there's a few people in the whole show that are going to be eating 2,500 calories at 12 weeks out that are 120 yeah. pounds. You don't even eat that calories. much and you're no. a grown man. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, I think it was, it's funny because it was, uh, Greg Doucette's great because he's always like super out there about it. I think he, I don't want to misquote, but I think he said even when he's like, and he's a big guy, he's a professional bodybuilder, he's, right? He's actually short, but. Big like bodybuilder. Yeah. He's, yes. he's short. <laughs> Why are you going to say it to Greg like that? Well, no, <laughs> I mean, like you're, five. you're painting this picture like he's six foot five. Is he a 212er or is he a classic? He's a 212er. He's a 212 bodybuilder, but he is like probably like 190 on stage-ish, right? So 
muscular short guy. We'll call it that. Yeah. So, um, but he, even he was saying he's about 3000 calories and I'm like, this is a bodybuilder. That's even if he's, you know, and it's actually a relative height to you guys, five, five ish. Right. And then, um, if he's 60 pounds more all muscle, right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, even he's eating like 3000 calories. So just understand you got to have realistic expectations. And this is what I hate about that information. You have all these guys who know nothing about bikini. They know about dieting really well. They're really good at like information on how the body works and what should work with science and these studies and whatnot, but they don't prep anyone, anyone of any credibility whatsoever, right? Maybe not even anyone at all, but they're just nutrition scientists, but then they go off and they say things that are like fact. Oh, you should be eating this much. You should be like, how, what, what evidence do you have of actual like practice that has shown that you're able to do that, right? So you have these girls when they get into like a pro prep, they're going to go into nationals and they're like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm eating whatever, 1200 calories and doing an hour of cardio and I'm killing my metals and I'm killing my hormones and prep is going to ruin me because I listen to whoever nutrition scientist. And he said, I should be doing double this and not any cardio and I should be getting the same results. And I'm like, good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. Talk to any winning pro and you're going to find 90 out of, I would say 95 out of hundred of them are putting in some serious like hunger issue, dealing with hunger or dealing with lower calories or dealing with hard car. There's just discomfort there, you know, to get to that level of body fat, you know? So it's not going to be a comfortable journey if you want that, you know, that's yeah. the thing. I think people need to understand that it's not, you're not supposed to look like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Cause if it were easy, everyone would do it. Right. Yeah. We were all just eating 2,500 calories. You know, I wish I could be <laughs> shredded with abs eating like a relative would be like 3,500 calories for a guy like my size. If that's the number of like a bikini girl, I guess mine would probably be like 3,500 to that guy. Shredded going on stage. Oh, yeah. So easy for you. Huh? All day. Yeah. 3,500 calories in like 20 minutes of cardio. You know, like I can suffer that much. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually more calories than I'm eating for yeah. sure. Well, like, that's why not everyone's a pro. You yeah, know? exactly. So, so your, your expectations need to line up with your goal and they need to line up with reality. Yes. You know, that's the important thing. And these these guys that are like call themselves experts online are just, they, they make it so hard on these coaches, you know, and it's, and I'm a guy that's like, okay, I'm going to give you the highest amount of calories I can and the lowest amount of cardio. That's like my thing. I always yeah. want to do as much as I can. But today's standard of bikini is not the last, the standard of bikini that it used to be. And for you to get that lean, it's not going to be easy. You know, you, you have to understand you're going to probably, you know, suffer a little bit. You're going to be a little bit hungry. You'll get used to it after a while. You know, Ashley can do this and she can live there and she's gotten used to it and she's cool. <laughs> she's living in hunger. Yeah. I don't even, I'm not really hungry that I'm hungry in the morning, but I'm not dealing. I'm. I'm, I handle it well, I should say. You you really do, Ashley. Yeah. You get the cranks maybe once, twice a year. But right? that has nothing to do with hunger. No. Maybe it's my m mood being cranky. I, I You know, I, I do get the cranks, so that's usually due to the sleep, but yeah, crankies. For someone, Contest prep cranky. You do put your body through, like, a lot. You put your, you know, you're constantly competing, but you do really well with it. It's, it's really cool to see. It's actually really nice to see, like, because... It, it does, it goes against what all these people like we're talking about are saying, you know, you mm. can only compete twice a year. It's going to do all this damage to you. It's going to ruin. I'm like, dude, we're years in. I'm ruined. <laughs> we're, I'm ruined. <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> yeah. You've ruined me. <laughs> we're years in, you know, we've, we've seen all the internals. Everything's fine. You know, so it's just like, yeah, I don't know. When is it going to happen? But we're waiting. <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. Hope it doesn't. Yeah, I know. You know, it's, but comporting to them, you know, they have some girls that do four shows and prep ruined my life, ruined my world. Probably because they're fluctuating so much, yeah. you know? Yeah, I see that too. And then sometimes the coaches will kind of purposely have their athlete put on like 30 pounds and that's absurd in the yeah. off season. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
that is <laughs> so unnecessary yeah. and very counterproductive. Like, and not even just like an accidental, but more of like a, oh, they need to put on this amount of weight. Yeah. And I'm like, that is insane. There's never been, just let's get this out there, guys. You have never gained even one gram, one gram of muscle in the history of time, in the history of man. One gram of muscle has not been gained because one gram of fat has been gained. Those have never correlated with more fat, more muscle. That doesn't work that way. So just so we're like out there, you know, fact check it <laughs> because there's never been muscle gained in direct response to fat being gained. That doesn't work that way. So if someone's saying, oh, you need, you just need to gain weight to get big. Like that is not a fact. That is absolutely not true. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times people like they're already, they're, you know, lean as, as far as like a normal person standard, but by no means like a stage lean, like, you know, how I would look or something. And they're already asking, like, I need to get bigger. And it's like with that, and it's like, you've already got energy storage in there. It's your, you're good. Like you don't need to purposely put on more body fat, you know, it'd be one thing if you were super like depleted and sucked in and you know, um, but that's usually not the case. <laughs> yeah. Usually not the case at all. So I think a lot of people overestimate how much weight they should be putting on in that off season. And it really, really is not a good payoff for sure. You know, it's, I mean, I get it. You want to relax too. And you kind of want an excuse to eat that much and kind of feel good about it. But ultimately it's just going to make your prep way more difficult and miserable and not enjoyable. I, yeah. you know, I want to prep and have fun with it and not be miserable. So I don't put myself through that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're, you're super right about this. And it's, it's funny. You have like, um, you have like these moments where I, I'll listen to you talk and you've gotten so good at this stuff, you know, really? you've gotten oh. like such an expert at it. Yeah. You know, I, some of your, your brain cells are just <laughs> migrating over to mine. It's and the brain. We told ideas. you at the beginning of this episode, yes. it's the brain. No, but you're, you're hundred percent right on that. And it's cool when you, when you, I see it, it's like, man, she's gotten so good at this now, you know? Um, so the, yeah, you're right. So the, the more body fat you have, you're actually right. The easier it is for your body to, um, use that as a source of energy for yeah. fuel. So let's say you're, you're one of these people who was like, yeah, I've already put on 20 pounds in the off season and my coach is still telling me to gain or whatever. You're in the old thought process that you should be bulking. Uh, you know, you can actually be in a caloric deficit, still put on muscle and whatever energy demands need to be met by your body. You have that, you have fat is just stored energy. Yes. So you could still make up for those demands by the easily accessible energy that's stored as fat right now. As you get leaner, as you get contest lean, your body's gonna have a real hard time with it, you know? So you're gonna have a hard time getting the rest of that fat because your body's like, hey, like we don't have much of this left. <laughs> you know, we have very little left. Let's take some energy from the from the glutes, you know, <laughs> the worst case, let's, let's convert some of that, that extra glute muscle that we don't need. We have too much and let's get, convert some of that to energy and we'll use that as energy instead. So once you get really, really lean, yeah, it's going to be harder to do that. But if you have extra body fat, there is no reason why you can't build while you're in a deficit and your body can't use whatever energy it needs to recover and whatnot from that fats, from the, from the stored energy that you have. So, um, I actually had a, I had a physique assessment got sent to me the other day and this girl was like, I'm just trying to gain right now. And I told her, I was like, look, you already have enough energy stored up. And I explained yeah. this to her. And, um, so it's kind of cool to say, so if you're a pro or trying to go pro, you know, I think the whole point of this podcast is we're saying is, you know, your actions have to line up with your goals. Yes. Um, you know, playing any professional sport is going to be hard and getting to the pro level of any sport is going to take a lot of sacrifice. It's going to take some extreme dedication and you doing it just haphazardly 
with having the most amount of balance where you do kind of eat whatever you want in the off season. And you're like, Oh, I just, my body just needed a break and I needed to eat and gain 25 pounds. Right. Unlikely that you're going to, your, your road to pro show is going to be to getting a pro car is going to be very easy. And it's, un, it's likely going to take a lot of hard dieting to get that off, you know? So, um, both are hard, you know, it's mm-hmm. hard. I think you're right. Both are hard. It's hard to lose the body fat when you gain a lot of body fat and you make sure your preps much more hard. And those are the people that are saying, Oh, prep ruined me. And, and whatnot, because they couldn't manage their balance in the off season. And also it's hard to be 25 pounds above your stage weight. It doesn't feel comfortable and good. It doesn't, you don't feel confident. You don't, you know, you have those like that, uh, that, you, that you're kind of missing your physique. You, you miss your physique, what it looked like, you know, so they're both hard. They're both those scenarios are hard. So. Yes, absolutely. And another thing is too, and I bring this up often is like, whenever you are the, the people that are in that position to where they're they have to lose a lot of body fat for contest prep. You know, it, even this happens to me too, is like when I start to shift my focus more on leaning out rather than building muscle, it's like c- cardio takes priority, right? And it's not necessarily a good thing because if you're trying to improve from your last physique and, you know, build a certain muscle group, it's like, well, yeah, but uh, cardio is my main thing I'm focusing on right now because, you know, like let's say you kill it in cardio, you're not going to have the same kind of energy and strength as you would uh, when when you're for, for your, your workout as you would if you were just like fresh and not have to worry about doing all that cardio before or after too because, it you know, it definitely wears you out more uh, than just uh, doing it slower and, you know, ideally not having to take off all that body fat to begin with, if that makes sense. Yeah, and actually you bring up a good argument too. Uh, there's a lot of these like arguments that we, people don't think about that are like next, next stage arguments, you know, and you talk about, you know, what is, what is harder on the mind? Is it harder on the mind to stay lean in the off season and maybe not have so many cheats? Or is it harder on the mind to have to do all these extreme cardios and extreme cuts and diet for a longer period of time? Like what is the net, which one's the net harder, right? I would, I would, I mean, personally, I would probably say just not having as many, not gaining as much weight and staying a little closer to your, your, your diet would be less hard than having to diet really, really hard and having to go up and down in the off season. And then of course, you know, your body's not going to respond every time, you know, it's not just going to bounce back, you know? So Mm -hmm. there's that too. So true, true. yeah. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's a good, that's a good point too. Mm -hmm. Like what's going to be, what's good, where are you going to have more net muscle at the end of it? Is it, the, the argument is, okay, for bulking is you're going to have the most amount of muscle gain because there's no days where you couldn't maximize your muscle gaining throughout the gaining period. But then the argument against it is, okay, well, how much net muscle are you going to have if you have to diet off all that new fat? Yeah. Right? Is it, are you going to have less if you have to diet harder? Yes, of course, you're going to have less muscle if you have to diet harder. But are you still going to have more than if you were to just lean gain, right? So those are the, all these like next level arguments that people don't mm-hmm. think about, but that's a good one. Because what is harder mentally, you know, losing body fat in a harder way where you're focused solely on cardio and you're at the gym, you know, three hours a day counting your two hours of cardio and one hour workout, or is it, you know, or is it just staying a little bit leaner in the off season, you know? So yeah, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a good one there. Absolutely. So going more into the expectations, uh, portion of this, I, you know, unlike the example you gave, which rarely happens. Uh, I think a big misconception is, you know, you get all these girls and they, they're really excited and they're ready to work hard. Don't get me wrong, but their expectations are not realistic necessarily for what it takes, um, in the amount of time to go pro. Right. 
In a perfect world, you would start training for your bikini competition and start prepping. Um, and then you would do your local show and you would win your local show, right? So that qualifies you for nationals. And then you go to nationals and that's your second show. And then, oh, you got a pro card. And the next thing you know, you're competing on the pro stage. But that is such a rare occurrence. That rarely happens, okay? And I will say this. Even using myself as an example, it took me like hmm, five national shows, I think, to get a pro card or something like that. Most girls don't get their pro card on their first national show. Please let let that be known, especially nowadays where it's harder and harder and harder, okay? Um, maybe that was something you can get away with back in the day, but believe me, it's it's much harder. So I don't want people to, you know, get disappointed when they're like, at their first national show and they don't get a pro card. It's like not the norm. That's not expected. You know, most people on that Olympia stage that you see didn't get their pro card on their first national show. Most didn't. Maybe a few did. Um, But I can tell you even from competing with some of these girls, like most of them didn't. Okay. Most didn't. It's a rare occurrence that they did. Okay. You know, same thing with local shows too. You might not win your first show. You might not, you might not, win for a few shows and then, you know, or you might not place well for a few shows and then win a show. Like you can't get so down on yourself, but just know that like it does take a while. And and, and depending on what your athletic background is, you know, even if you were working out previously, let's say you were, you're a soccer mom that works out for the last five years, four days a week, you know, but are those workouts the same as our workouts? Probably not. You know, maybe they do yoga, maybe they do a workout class, it's not the same type of training, okay? So don't be so hard on yourself. Just know that you have to kind of be in this for the long the long haul if you're looking to get a pro card. It doesn't magically just happen that year. It would be nice, right, in a perfect yeah. world. And don't get me wrong, these girls are training really hard. It's just, you know, even, even if you're there conditioning-wise, even if you're there muscularity-wise, maybe you're posing – it needs work. Maybe you need to have more stage experience itself because some people can be great posers in front of their coach or in front of their iPhone, but on stage they get the nerves and they're like, Ooh, you yeah. know? So a lot goes into it. I don't want people to get discouraged. Just know that it does take time and you might not get it your first year. You might not get it your first few years. You know, there's, there's girls that's, you know, it's there takes them 12 national shows to get a pro card. You know, it, it's not a usual thing just to to get it your first time. So please let that be known. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that too because people do really do get down on themselves. And, I, and I'll say, I think that one of the things that we, a lot of the problem that people have when they're trying to go on this pro, this pro run where they're like, I'm just going out a pro card, like 2023, that's all about me getting my pro card. And I'm like, you guys, you got to understand, like have fun during the NPC level because the NPC level is so fun. And a lot of times people don't even enjoy it because they're, just looking past it, but you make so many friends, especially like local friends, like backstage, you have a lot of fun competitions. I have, I have some girls and this is not, you know, the best thing, but it's happened to me a few times with like pros where they'll get a pro card and then, you know, they're a small fish again, right? Cause you go from being like a big fish in a small pond to, you know, a small fish in a big pond at the pro level. And, um, you know, they, they're like, man, I really wish I would have enjoyed it more. And I really like miss actually being an amateur. If I would have known how hard it was on the pro level, I would have probably stayed at NPC for like an extra year and just like had fun. 
Like, cause I had one girl, she was like, it was so fun to go into shows and just like dominate shows. Cause she won like yeah. seven overalls. She was like, it was just so fun. And everyone's like, just so nice. And it was just, uh, well, pros are nice too, actually. But, but she was like, everyone's so nice. And it's just like, you know, you were like the star of the show. And she's like, now I'm with this pro. And I just, I just don't know if I'm ever going to place so it. Took her like four years to actually get a placing, but she did get a placing as a pro. Oh, and, um, but she was like, man, I just, I wish I would have stayed like an amateur for like two more years. Cause you know, she has a career. She wasn't like, you know, using the pro stage as like a platform for her career, really. It was just more, um, it was just more for her own personal goals. But it, she was, it was the same way. She was just dead set, pro card, pro card, pro card. That's all she thought about. And then, um, you know, she did these local shows just for practice. It was her practice thing. But yeah, so just enjoy it while you're there because it's a, it's a fun, you know, it's a fun thing. Don't think of it as it being too small, you know? And so, and as Ashley talked about in terms of time frame, yeah, the, you know, it's going to take a while to get a pro card. It's, it's the pool's so deep now, you know, um, it, earlier, earlier on, it wasn't so deep and there was, you know, girls with less muscle was the requirement, you know, a little softer was the requirement. So it was, you were, it was a lot more likely you needed less years in to get a pro car, but now it's, you know, the girls are muscular. They're very lean. They're very advanced physiques. What used to be, you know, six months to two years to get a pro card is now, you know, two years to five years to get a pro card in bikini, depending on your genetics. Of course, I've had some girls get it their first year if they're really good genetically, but it's, it's going to take some time, you know? And so you have to think about it as a long haul, like Ashley's talking about. And I do think a lot of the long haul girls who make it the long haul way are again, you know, not going through this up and down in the off season and in season, up and down in the off season and in season. Some do, some make it that way. But for the most part, those are the girls that you'll see kind of quit after a couple of years because it's just too much. It's too hard. They can't get motivated like that. And I think you're, um, you're good. You're, you're always open about like being, having motivation for shows kind of fluctuating from show to show. Obviously Olympia is like the ultimate, right? Motivation and that type of thing. And, and so you're going to have those, those fluctuations. And at a certain point, you know, it's not going to be that, that motivating if you have to be so hard to do a show. If you have to, if you're walking into a prep knowing, dang, I need to lose 25 pounds. It's going to, it's like a, it's such a weight on you. Not like no pun intended, like a, like a metaphorical weight on you that you're, you're like, man, this is going to take so much. I just don't have it in me right now to do it. And then, then the next thing you know, you're at 30 pounds. And the next thing you know, you're like, I just, I'm not going to compete anymore. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. And just like you said, like becoming a a, a big fish in a small pond. Now you're going to be a small fish in a big pond. And when you do turn pro, just know you're kind of have to start the process over again. The requirements you're, you're probably going to have to, you know, maybe get more conditioned or, or put on more muscle to accommodate to what they're looking for as a pro. However, I will say this. Um, I know that, um, a lot of the judges will give you this really good piece of advice when you just turn pro. And I love this advice for the new, the new pros the the winner or of the pro cards might go up to a judge and be like well when do you think i should compete and they'll probably say you know what i would just jump into a show right away and get some feedback maybe you're already what it maybe you already have what it takes to be like a placing pro but if not you can get work to work right away on what you need to fix right right after you win your pro card and i think that's really valuable advice and it makes sense like you know it's it's also an advantage too because you're already in shape right and you're already super mo motivated probably so why not just jump into a pro show right away see what see how you stack up against the pros and from there you can be like okay yeah i'm ready to roll let's let's uh start competing or you might be like okay now i see compared to these pros i need some i need to work on my legs i need to do this i need to come in tighter whatever the case may be but it's good to know 
right off the bat what you need to work for so that um, you can come back um, and uh, fix what you needed to fix. Yeah, I think that's actually really good advice. And that's, um, you know, I've seen it happen a few times where a girl will win a pro show and I'll, and I'll say, oh, she needs more muscle. You know, she'll need more muscle to be competitive on a pro level. And then I see that girl compete and then she does really well at the pro level. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. They just really like her shape and you know, like her straight shape, her posing, her look. Um, and she, I, I wouldn't have expected that. You know, I would have been like, well, well that's a good, perfect example of, yeah, you should just see where you're at. Maybe they like you like that, you know, yeah. type of thing. And everyone thinks when they get a pro card, and I've done this in my earlier years where someone would get a pro card and I'm like, okay, now we got to get you really meaty at the pro level, meaty. you know, we gotta get you, get you meaty and get them meaty. shoulders crazy. And then, so we, uh, you know, we, we do it, we get her, get them more jacked. They compete the next year. And then, um, the judges are like, yeah, just maybe tone down the shoulders a little bit. And I'm like, dang, we probably could have competed four months ago, <laughs> five months ago type of thing. So yeah, I think that's a great thing. And that's something that I've learned too, is, you know, get them on stage pretty quickly, you yeah. know, get them on stage pretty quickly. Yeah. You, you don't have much to lose, you know, you just see how you stack up and go from there. Could be good, or it could just be that you need a little bit of an off season, which is okay. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to go back a little bit about like time frame expectations too. You know, I, I think like back in the day, you could just like be, you know, somewhat of an athletic girl, but just diet and that would be the start of your prep. But, you know, if you're new to this sport, if you're a rookie, you need to build before you start cutting. Like if you don't have any, if you, if you don't have the amount of muscle needed to begin with, you probably shouldn't start cutting into your first show, you know? So I think that needs to be said too. And I know it's kind of out of place of what I just said it, but it's, it's an important, important point to make for the amateurs. Yeah. I, I the amount of muscle you need um, to be competitive these days, it's, it's, you know, it's going to take a few years. It's a, it's an advanced physique, which, you know, it is bodybuilding, you know, it is a bodybuilding contest. So you just understand it's going to take a few years. And that's where, that's where you run into these issues with like, what I was talking about earlier with the guys who are, um, you know, giving out all the information. They're like diet experts and whatnot. And I'm like, you're, you're a diet expert. But you're not a prep expert in this sector of the sport. Right. Um, and, and a lot of times, most times those like the, the people who are giving that information aren't prep experts in any sector of the sport. They're just like diet people. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, it should work on paper. I see how it should work on paper, but try it. <laughs> you know, so if you're watching those people and you're thinking that's how it's going to be, it should be easy and you should have 2000 plus calories when you're eight weeks out and doing only 20 minutes of cardio, I would say good luck with that. Like, yeah. Good luck. In a perfect world. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. It's very rare. You know, some, yeah, you might, if your body's that set up that way, but it's, it's not too common, you know, not with the level of conditioning you need these days and the amount of muscle you need these days, you know, it's, yeah. it's a different ball game. So it sure is. Yeah, it is. It's not, you know, it's not looking pretty fit for a beach shoot, which is what, you know, kind of people, I think the, the, like the, the expert people online, I think that's what they think it is. <laughs> I don't know what, cause I, I hear them and I'm like, I don't know what you guys think is going on here, but the girls have six packs and oblique lines, like they're full tie-ins. You know what it takes to get body fat off of girls' lower glutes to get the tie-in to show up? That takes a, that's where girls still store fat the most. The, the, the glutes, the hips, and the triceps. That's like for, for 90% of females, that's where they store most of it. You know what it takes to get that off of a girl? <laughs> it takes everything. It takes so much effort to get that off of them. And so I'm like, yeah, you're, that's not going to happen with these, what you're talking about. It's just, they're like, yeah, work out four or five times a week and, you know, train your glutes and, and eat 2000 calories. And I'm like, where do you, what world are you yeah. living in? <laughs> so funny. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely not living in reality with that. That's yeah. for sure. I think, it's, you know, I think, you know, sometimes people say this cause they, 
maybe they want the attention or just just start a conversation. But I think also as like a sales pitch too, in a way, like, man, I should go with this coach, this coach. They feed their athletes like 2,500 calories the <laughs> month of the show. Like, you know, it's, you know, I will say, although, I mean, it's not like I'm too in depth with how other people prep and stuff. From what I understand, like, your preps are much easier on the body than most. And that's good. You know, I I don't think, um, like you said, the cardio is very minimal with your athletes, or at least you try to make it that way. Whereas some of these coaches just have their girls going ham with the cardio. Sounds miserable. I'm like, how do you find the time? (laughs) How do you find the time for all that cardio? I just set the, my, my personal thing is, and that's like our team thing, right? I just set we set the rule as whatever the body will let us do, we'll do. Yeah. You know, and that's the rule. So, if the body's going to let us do, you know, like a, a Vivi prep where she's eating 3,500 calories and doing no cardio, we're going to find out that you can do that. We're going to at least give you the opportunity to see if that is something you can do. You know, I'll talk about it when I have it. I always say, hey, this is not normal. Like, this is not a normal person at all to do this prep. You know, I've had a few preps last year. We didn't do any cardio. You had a, a couple at the end where we stopped doing cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, things happen and you just have to be able to collect the data on a weekly basis to see how's the body working this time? Is this going to be a no cardio prep and 2000 plus calories? Or is this going to be a, you know, 1200 calories and I'll see you at the cardio when I come into the gym and see you at the cardio when I leave <laughs> you know, type of thing. Like it's whatever your body is going to let us do, we should find that out. So whatever you're capable of, you should find out. And that should be based on your check-in. So, you know, your weekly check-in, you send in your pictures, your measurements, your, your weight. And if, you know, it's pretty simple, pretty simple data. If, uh, if Ashley is, you know, up, five pounds one week from her prep, well, yeah, we probably have to diet a little harder and do more cardio. If she's down five pounds in a prep, yeah, we could probably do less cardio and eat more food. Like it's, it's not the craziest thing to do, but you know, we're going to at least give you the opportunity where there's no, what I see a lot of times where people will jump into prep and, and I see these coaches that are maybe not the most advanced. Um, I'll see them. They, yeah. Week one, I started, my prep just started at 30 minutes cardio. Like it just, I'm like, well, where from where? And she's like, well, that's just where it started. And I'm like, well, what were you doing before that? They're like, well, I wasn't doing any. I just joined him 16 weeks out. And we didn't really talk about my prep or how many cardio I was doing. Or I wasn't doing any cardio. And I just jumped right into 30 minutes, five days a week. And I'm like, that's a pretty high starting point considering nothing was your starting point originally. You know, So we'll micro-progress them someone up and then say, hey, maybe we can get away with 30 minutes of cardio five days a week when we're four weeks out and you're still getting results from it. And then at the end, we might only be at 35 minutes at the end of it. And then you know that's how we do it. But if you start there, of course, you're going to have to increase going into it. So yeah, that's the, that's the thing is we try to find out and that's what you should be doing. What are you capable of? You know, what's your body capable of? And let's just work to that, to whatever the results we need that week. Let's do the minimum we can to get that result per week. And that result we're usually shooting for is like 1% per week. So if, if Ashley's 120 pounds, if she's killing it in her prep, 1.2 pounds would be 1% of her losing. And then she loses a quarter of an inch on her waist, quarter of an inch on her hips. Sometimes when she gets so lean, her waist won't come down much farther because you know, that the last of the fat to go is going to be the glutes and stuff. But you know, there's, everyone's going to be different on that stuff. And at least we got to figure out, okay, what is needed right now? That's what we should do it. You know, not just, okay, yeah, you're going to do 700 calories because it's hardcore and you're going to eat tilapia and fish and, 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 uh, and asparagus because you need to be shredded. And you know, and that's just, that's just prep. Like that's a stupid way of doing things, you know? Yeah. So anyway, totally. And yeah, so there's no one size fits all for a diet or, or a training program. It should all be customized and, you know, just know, um, that again, it's a process, it's a yeah. process and it's going to take a while for most people, you know? So amateurs out there, don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah. You can I, do this. That's a good thing. 
Don't give up. Don't give it, up. It's going to take, take a while. T- yeah, it's going to take time. Oh. I mean, if we're even talking about building, she'd have been trying to build these shoulders for 10 years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's a process. Yeah. <laughs> it's done, a process. Yeah. It, you've, done a, you've done a good job with it. And it's funny is that you're you're right. You're... Um, We've talked about it before. I'm like, you're genetically, you're pretty good at building muscle. You're pretty good at building muscle. I was muscle. like, nah. It's just like, no, no, I'm not. But then. Hamstrings, you know, yes. Hamstrings just <laughs> eat all the food. Hamstrings, the glutes grow pretty decent. They're like the parasitic. Glutes. I have parasitic hamstrings. <laughs> 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 they just take all the nutrients. Yeah, they're just suck. They're just reaching up and grabbing <laughs> from your amino acids from your shoulders. <laughs> nope, that's mine, fool. <laughs> oh, God. I just got to put this disclaimer. That is my humor. I, yeah. I, I always joke and I say my hamstrings are the only good personality trait I have. So <laughs> <laughs> so it's a running joke. See, get it? Ta-ta. That was yeah. a pun too. Because uh, you need hamstrings to run. Oh, uh, okay. That, that was a bad pun. But it was a pun <laughs> nonetheless. But yes, yeah, so you, you might hear me always joke about my hamstrings. You have like good it's hamstrings. The only good hamstrings I have. You have good hamstrings. The, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, you know, when we talk about you growing and, and how long it takes, you know. Um, now, obviously, she competes, you know, often too. So there is going to be... S- I don't know. You know, I don't know if we're, we hindered a little bit of growth, maybe a pound or so, maybe two over the years of, of growth with, with the dieting and competing. Um, but when we talk about your, like your first show in 2018, um, you were probably a little too lean and probably a little not as full either though. Mm-hmm. Um, with like mile high and you're, which is it, I think you're 117. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 117. And then now you're competing in the, in the 21 range, 22 yeah. range, 20 range, that type of thing. So, you know, a few pounds of lean mass, but in all the right areas, but it shows, you know, Hey, it takes a little while. Like girls think yes. they're going to put on tw- 10 pounds of muscle, 10 pounds of muscle. And actually she'd be figure like that's a, it's a lot of muscle. Like people don't understand how much like of actual skeletal tissue, 10 pounds is, is class changing for sure. So it's not, you don't need a ton to make huge improvements. If you look back at Ashley, in 18 at the mile high versus now you see, oh, she's got a lot more shoulder development. You know, it's only a few pounds. It's like, she's got a lot of shoulder development. So understand, you know, when you're not seeing the scale go up and your weight's not changing that much from show to show, you're not putting on three pounds a show, four pounds a show. Like no one is, you know, no one's putting on a clean three pounds, four pounds. You see these professional bodybuilders that are, you know, 250 pounds. And then the next year they compete, they're like 252. And you're like, wait, you only put on two pounds, but you look that much bigger. Like skeletal muscle is, it's just it's, it's, uh, if you put on two pounds, you're going to see it, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot. So also take that into consideration. Cause a lot of these girls who are trying to grow, they grow so small that you get frustrated. You know, they're like, I got to grow to be a pro, but I'm only putting on like, I've only put on like two pounds from last year to this year on your muscle. And I'm like, well, if you're an advanced lifter, you know, it's pretty good. It's not bad. You know, it's not, you're not knocking out of the park, you know, but it's not bad, you know? So I think the expectation on that is, is needs to be yeah. talked about too because all these girls are like yeah i'm gonna put on one pound a week and i'm like one pound a week yeah right that is definitely fat. <laughs> yeah you're not putting on one pound of skeletal tissue per per week you know so anyway that's a that's a that's a whole other topic but True. we could go into that one one day that'd be actually be like how much muscle can you build and how you know how long it takes so anyway, i don't want to mm-hmm. uh, uh, i know we have some good topics still to go into so like, that was it man that was yeah. it we knocked it out yeah, 58 56 hour. look at that so what are what is the last advice you'd give i guess rounding this out for someone wanting to go pro um, and, you know, running into those roadblocks, like what would you, what would you kind of recommend? Just, just know that everyone's journey is imperfect and we're all going to have roadblocks. We're going to have things that set us back. Um, and I always say this too, hey, every, every Olympia champion has lost at some point. Yeah. Everyone has. So 
If you haven't yet, your time is coming, I can promise you. Uh, but especially those who are looking to go pro, like I said, it is a process. Don't expect so much from yourself, especially on that first year. I know you guys are super excited. I know how enthusiastic you are and how bad you want it and you're motivated and you give it 110%. But even with 110%, the chances and the odds are against you. You're going to turn pro your first year. You got to keep going because the people that succeed are the ones that kept going, whereas the ones you don't see or hear about are the ones that quit because they didn't get their pro card their first year and they got salty, you know? So don't be that person. Just know, hey, (laughs) welcome to being human. It happens. It's very rare to just have that perfect rise to the top. You know what's funny is I was talking to one of my friends the other day who's a coach, and he was like, He's like, I'm set up so well this year for pro cards. And I was like, are you really? He's like, yeah, I got a lot of three-year girls in this year. I got a lot of three-year girls like ready to finally do it. And I was like, that's funny that you say that because it's, as a coach, you don't have, you don't, you don't get too many three-year people, right? You'll get them for, you know, six months, a year, whatever. But when you're, when he was, he was like so excited. He's like, yeah, I'm really set up well because I have a lot of three-year girls this year, which is like a rare thing. But of course all the three-year girls are ready because it's their third year. And that's, that's like a realistic number of time that it takes at this this these days mm-hmm. to get those pro cards. And I'm like, yeah, you're lucky to be set up like that. I was, I was like, yeah, we we have a decent setup this year right now for pro cards too. But it's like when we look at the roster of like three-year people, it's like, yeah, it's just a lot of people just don't stick around that long, you know? It's, you know, to have 20 people going into their third year is like pretty rare, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's, it's I think the expectation and what we talk about more than anything, the, the, the sum of this podcast is the expectation, the time, the timelines um, and an understanding that bikini now is different than it was before. And yeah, it is a full on, you know, fitness model, bodybuilding type of class, right? It's not bodybuilding, but it is in a, it's, it is bodybuilding in the bikini sector, right? So it's not, it's no longer just beach body, you know, it is full on bikini beach bodybuilding. So it's kind of has that, that, that both things to it. And it's going to take you some time to build that physique. So I think that's the sum of this one is, you know, give yourself time, enjoy the ride and, um, and understand that, yeah, it's going to probably take you three years. It's probably realistic. It doesn't mean you have crappy genetics. That's pretty average, I would say for everyone. Um, and the, the, the years where you see, you know, a girl get her pro card the first year, it's a pretty rare thing. And honest, also what I'll say to that is the girls you see who get her pro card their first year, watch them, watch their journey. Because a lot of times what happens is they end up switching divisions or they have to stop training muscle in general, you know? That'll usually be like the scenario that happens. Anya would be a perfect example that we had to pull her off workouts completely like a few weeks back. And she's like, she's just too muscular, you know? She's just girls who grow and they get it their first year type of thing. And I think it was like 16 months or something for her. Like they just, you have to pull them back sometimes, you know? It's funny, there was another girl um, who did that too who just kind of had to stop working out because she got a pro card really early on. And I was like, you're not working out at all? And she's like, no, six months. I just do cardio. I was like, that's crazy. But it's like, so yeah, that they happen. But those are the girls that probably could go and do wellness or woman's physique or could do those divisions. So, and but then you see them in bikini and you're like, I could do that. Well, you weren't really made that way. You know, you weren't designed to be, have the option of doing wellness, of doing, you know, woman's physique. Very few people are structurally built that way or genetically built that way. So, so yeah, there you go. I think that was a good one. And, um, I always love having your insight on these things. You have so much insight, you know, to these uh, things. You know, I've, I've competed a few times. Do, you, do we have any idea of how many times you've actually competed? I have no idea. I only count the W's. Yeah. I mean. 37 and counting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I have no idea how many times I competed. And I never count my amateur wins either. So I, yeah, 
I, don't I wonder know. if there's a way to figure that out. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Seems like a lot of math. <laughs> well, you know who's who had a was it Milos who had seventy something competitions? I know you don't have seventy, right? There's no way you have seventy yet. Because maybe, huh? I wonder. And then Dexter, Dexter had like I think he had like eighty. There was Milos knows these numbers. I out the out the message him. He has all these crazy numbers of like I think his was seventy and like someone beat him. So anyway, I wonder if you're I wonder if you're close to that too. I have no idea. <laughs> That's yeah. I don't even want to. That's the, I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a hard one. Especially so, with the amateurs, is I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you as always for listening. Um, Ashley K Fit for on Angel Competition bikinis, MuscleEgg.com forward slash Team Elite Physique gets you egg excited. And uh, I think is there any more else? Shoe fairy? Oh yeah, you have Olympia shoe fairy shoes. Yes, the yeah, Ashley K. Yes, code Ashley K Fit to save. There you get go. you some comfy shoes. There you go. All right, thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you later.